and his dreams are in the hills in the limestone and rock cedar breaks home of the deer and the whippoorwill oh seep spring dabbing canyons thick with yopon oak and his dreams are in the hills other end of the chamber survey going up toward the Roy Ranch from Dr. Holsey's Hill back in the west end there. That was all in the hands of a fellow named Hartson and, uh, and he got it from the, uh, from the chambers and then Hartson sold that part of it over there to P.C. Taylor who was the man who was uh, selling the cedar tires to the railroads and he and Hartson and a fellow named Warren they were the one that had the cedar war back about 1872 or 73 and that was when they bought it. But Hartson found out that, that this uh, tract of land was not very valuable, and so he proceeded to sell it to, uh, or he borrowed some money from the Scottish American Mortgage Company, and of course when it come to you, he let it go. And um, back about 1908, well, Mr. Rob Roy bought it from the Scottish American Mortgage Company, who had foreclosed on it. And um, then Rob sold it to W.C. Roy, his father, in 1910. And then W.C. Roy conveyed it back to Rob in 1910. One of them was August the 4th, and the other was August the 16th. Now, the way I found all this was when I bought it from Miss Estelle Leewright and her brother, uh, she told me these things, and so did Mr. J.M. Patterson, who was a lawyer for Mr. J.M. Leewright. When he, now, Mr. Leewright was a, a moneylender, and he loaned uh, Rob Roy some money on this tract of land. And uh, Rob very promptly paid it off. He just, uh, uh, or he, he sold his daddy's notes to Mr. Leewright, where it was. Well, now, when he first came in there, Mr. Leewright had uh, Mr. J.M. Patterson, who was officing there in the, in the same building with him, to look over the abstract. And the title was reasonable, it was good in those days because the Scottish American mortgage had just uh, had, had uh, checked the title and made a loan on it. Well, Mr. Uh, when the note was paid off, then uh, Roy's uh, just reversed the field notes. And you'll notice, I, I was going to tell you that these two sets of field notes, one, uh, W.C. Roy got, got a deed from Rob on August the 4th, 1910, and then he conveyed back to, to Rob on August the 16th, 1910, and all they did was just reverse the field notes and sell the same land and take two sets of notes on the same land. And so they took those notes in to Mr. Lee Wright, and in order to save attorney's fees and not uh, have to pay Mr. Patterson $25 for looking up the title, <laughs> they, he let them have the money on it, and of course he had two lands on the same piece of land, and when it come due, they, they let him have it. Now, I don't mean to disparage the, either one of the Roy's, because I bought uh, some land from their sisters, who were the finest women that ever lived. They were just the very finest people that ever lived, Miss Addie and Jesse Roy were. And uh, I think one of them still living, but I've represented them, and I think they're the finest people. But this is what happened on that. And the Leewrights got it. And when I got ready to buy it, the Chambers track, I had to buy it two sections, one of them from the Leewrights and one of them from the Brackenridge Estate, as I've already told you. And so I won't go any further into the West End, but when I bought from Miss Leewright, I will say this for you, that I had to buy the McCutcheon survey also. That was 177 acres of one labor. That lies over north of Bee Creek. And uh, I had found a little spring down there 
on Bay Creek that I wanted to buy, and I went to see Miss Leroy and told her that I'd like to buy this 10 acres. And she told me the history of it, that they had uh, 600 acres there, and she wasn't going to sell any part of it, and, and she sold it all. And she had the power of attorney at that time from her brother and sister to handle it for them. And uh, she was just the most gracious lady I ever saw. But she said, now, Mr. Shelton, I'll let you buy it all. I won't survey it. I won't check the title. If you want to buy our title and you want to go find the land, we'll let you have it for $4 and a half an acre. But we won't sell you the 10 acres. Well, I'll let you have it on any terms you want. You don't have to pay any money down if you don't want to. Well, anyway, I knew that I was going to get rich the next year. I always have thought that, and I'm just about to die and haven't got there yet. But I bought the land, the 400 of the 600 acres of her, for $2,600, I believe it was. I may have paid $600 down. But anyway, the, it come due, or one of the payments come due the next year. And about a month before it come due, I knew I wasn't going to have the money, so I went out to see Miss Lee, right? She lived on on uh, Red River Street there, right across the street from where the, where the uh, university high school is, junior high school is. And she met me at the door, and, and uh, she said, Now, Mr. Shelton, I was expecting you. And I started then to tell her that I didn't have the money. She said, I knew you wasn't going to have the money, but you remember I told you that you could make any terms you wanted to. You didn't have to pay me this year if you didn't want to, but you told me you was going to. Now, I'm not going to make you give me the land back. I'm going to extend that note for a whole year, and you pay a little interest on it. But now I want you to learn one lesson. Don't ever buy it off more than you can chew. I think it'd be facetious to say so, but I'll say this like Kipling did. I learned about women from her. Then in 1936, Mr. D.B. Gracie, who was the organizer of the Gracie Abstract Company, as in July the 2nd, 1936, I bought 145 acres of his land. It lies just north of the Chambers. It's down on Bee Creek, and it's uh, in the bottom survey. And Mr. Gracie had heard about me buying this other land out here, and he had owned his land since about 1913. He'd got it from a named Ward, and he wanted to get rid of his. He'd held it long enough. In the meantime, he'd given it to his son, John uh, John. Gracie and David Gracie. John was a vice president of the Capital National Bank. And they'd had the land for about 20 years, and they didn't know where it was even. So old man Gracie called me in and said, I hear you're buying some land out there. And I shouted and said, we'll let you have our land for $4 an acre, or four and a half. Anyway, I got 145 acres of their land. I paid them $160 cash and gave them a note for $420. And that was due in a year. Well, I didn't have that 420 at the end of the year. So I went and borrowed it from Henry Wentland to pay the note off, and Henry let me have it. And then I gave Henry, for a finance net, seven acres of land in it, close to where the Plenty's house is now, across the road from it. And Henry has actually turned down, a 20, or his family has, over $25,000 for that, which he gave, I gave to him for loaning me $420 for one year. Then I sold a note to John Gracie later, secured by the land, one acre land, that out of the same tract that Bill Wynn had built his home on, and I sold it for John, to John Gracie for $2,500. Now, that's the way values go out here. The land I gave to Henry Wentland was in the bottom survey, the east end of the bottom survey there. And actually, the note, when the note come due in one year, Mr. Gracie was so afraid I was going to let him have the land back that he didn't even call me and remind me of the note being passed due for four months until it was passed due four months. Now, on the other tape, I mentioned the other side of the tape. I was talking about J. Lee Crossley and Stark Washington, who bought some land in the Chambers Survey. Now, evidently, Mr. Stark Washington went on down and bought some land in, uh, where the Slaughter's, where the uh, 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 Island of Stores is now. It used to call it the old Renault place. It was a ranch, and 
start Washington Ranch, and I think it went off up about to where the road goes. From, uh, it's on both sides of BK Road, on the east side, east end of, of West Lake Hills area, and uh, it went to the road about where the end school is now, and then on easterly till it got about to Rollingwood, and the land that Bullions is on is on the east part of it, and the land where the stores and uh, where West Lake Drive comes in is on the more or less the west side. But they they were that used to be called, like I said, the old Grenoble place. At one time, Harry Kelly, who was the Kelly Motor Company, lived out there in the old Grenoble ranch. And when he first got married, he married a, a girl that I knew real well. I was named after her father, named Hughes. And he lived there, and then no one lived there for years and years. And whoever owned it at the time subdivided it in the acreage blocks and was going to have an, uh, an auction. And they gave out plaster, all the people that might be interested in coming out and bidding one Sunday afternoon. And as I remember, they held an auction on the south side of the BK Road about where the Dairy Queen is now. And uh, Bailey Beard had never bought out. That's when Bailey bought his place. And, and Joe Smith and Harry Smith, his brothers, and Mr. Bullion, and I don't know how many other men. They were all out there, and uh, they had gone over these plats and decided which they wanted. And each one of them decided they wouldn't bid against the other guys. And they really got some mortgage. Now, Harry Smith bought the, the uh, place where the ride on his store is now, where the old home and the, and the ranch improvements were. That's on the north side of the road, and most of the stuff on the south side was just unimproved entirely. And then uh, Mr. Beard bought the place he had, West Lake Drive or, and, uh, and Big Cave Road. And, there, and Joe Smith bought all that land along where Reveille is now. And Harry Smith, I uh, say, he bought the the improvements where right under story is and the old I guess part of the old ranch house is still there. Now that's beginning on the east end. And when you go westerly now on the the south side of the road, the Marshall Ranch came all the way down to about that point, the Grano Ranch. And Mr. H. B. Marshall testified to me in a case in nineteen forty one involving the Brown estate up there where the Episcopal Church is now on that area. That's where it's not on the Brown land on this McNamara's land, but he testified that in 1941 that he had been out here for 58 years, and that means that he came out in 1883. Now, he was one of the first old-timers, Mr. H.B. Marshall, and he was married to Viola Marshall, and I understand that her father was Robert Eanes, and Robert Eanes was one of the first people that came out and one that gave the Eanes School and uh, to the public down there. He also gave it to, to the church. The church had no particular denomination, and when I was on the school board years ago, we have a church and school in the same building. And being a lawyer, I knew that that was rather unconstitutional for the, the uh, church and state were supposed to be separated. So Jack Stabler and I bought some other land so that we could put the school on something that didn't belong to the church, and we worked out where the church got some other land. We didn't, it didn't make any difference what church it was. The Presbyterian church is finally the beneficiary of it. But Mr. Marshall and his good wife, I knew them both before they died, and for years I knew them. Visited in their home, and I knew the, all their children. I represented them, Dan when they had the partition suit. Dan Marshall was the oldest boy, I think, and Mildred Marshall Scooter probably was the oldest child, and she was a graduate of the University of Texas Law School, probably one of the first women that ever did, and she went to school with Mrs. A.O. Sambo years and years ago. And then um, they had uh, some other boys. John was the youngest boy, and he's a story all by himself, and then there's Dan, the oldest boy, and Bruce. So Mr. Marshall, though, and his wife lived in several hundred acres there on the south side, and uh, the 
you had a loop run through their land now, and they went way back south. I didn't, I didn't go across the BK Road on any of my vines, so I knew very little about that except the people when they came out the road. But when I first came here in about 1928, you could ride out the BK Road in your car and see the brush would slap you on either side of your car going out. That's how small the road was, and it was just a little old country land going to BK. As a matter of fact, when Mr. Marshall bought here, they didn't call it the Austin BK Road, they called it the Austin Lano Road. But he had been here since 1883, and he built a picket fence around his place, and, and uh, it was still evidences of it when I, when I came out here. And he had a, an old spring, the Ean Spring, and that's in the little draw there close to the old house, home where the home is now, and they had a, a regular old milk house where they put the, the, the spring house, they called it, and to put milk in it. And then let's go on a little further. On the other side of that was the Brown Estate. That's where the water tower is now on top of a mountain. There's 50 acres there that I bought it one time from old Lee Brown. And uh, Lee just happened to be the, the one of the Brown heirs that, that uh, had the biggest gun. Uh, he was unmarried and had no children, but Lee took up the, on the place and he run all of his skin folks off and he held title to it. And I actually bought it from Lee, although I did buy some of the others out, but Lee was not going to let his skin folks have anything to do with it. And that's a story in itself because I had the degree when I bought that I had to agree to move the cemetery from where the, where the uh, uh, water tower is now. It was on top of the mountain there, down to where the little cemetery is now, one acre next to the, where the Episcopal Church is. And I'll tell that later. But that was the Brown group. Now, they, the Browns were called Tuckers. They were kin to everybody out here. The Billingsley and the deeds that I got would, uh, would uh, I have a file. But I'll, I'll go into detail on those things later. But then you go on further west. And you run into what Mrs. Mac, what was called Mrs. McNamara's track. Now Mrs. McNamara was married, and she's uh, she's the lady I bought my first track from, which was across on the north side of the Big Cave Road. But she owned the land down to uh, Barton Creek from the from Main Road up there, and she had gotten it through her father. Her father was J.T. Priest. Mr. Priest was a land buyer, and he did a lot of business with the Roy's back in in the uh, about 1917, 18, somewhere along in there. And she had gotten a hold of it from him somehow or another. She was uh, his daughter. And she was a half-sister to Burleson Priest and uh, a half-aunt to, uh, uh, to uh, Dan Priest. And I knew that Daddy all lived in South Austin when I was a little boy because Mrs. McNamara was quite a little bit older than me and I didn't know her. And she was a child by Mr. Priest's first marriage. But anyway, Mr. Priest had gotten a hold of all this McNamara land. It lies in between the Brown land and the Roy land on the south side of the BK Road at that time. She had five or six hundred acres. It went all the way down to off of Fisher's Bluff, and uh, there's a big addition down on that now. And I had a chance to buy that at one time. My Uncle Horace did buy part of it. Then you go on, on further west. You run into the first tract or the two tra Isaac Perkins survey that lie across the BK Road from the BK Road south to, to Barton Creek, and that belonged to the Roy family. Now, old man Calroy, W.C. Roy, was the bellwether of that family. I never did meet the old man. He must have died long before my time, but I knew his son, Rob, very well. He worked for my, my brother as county commissioner. And also, Miss Addie and Jesse Roy, I had a lot of deal with them, represented them in lawsuits when the government condemned the place for their Nike site. I was their lawyer, and I bought the Roy Ranch from them on behalf of Everett Looney. That's the story within itself, because we were told to buy that by... Mr. Lyndon Johnson, who later became quite famous. But anyway, going on further west, I'm just trying to get the land 
located in this area and who were the old timers. And I want to stop here to tell one story about old man Calroy. He was a rock mason and he actually built the Johnston Institute for my great grandfather Johnson in 1852. And the old Roy home there by the Nike site on the north side of the BK Road of course was his handiwork and he built that long before the turn of the century I'm sure and that's where he lived. And uh, back in the days when they had cattle drives and people were branding other people's cattle and uh, such as that and old Major Buck Walton was one of the finest lawyer in Austin. He was not only uh, represented Mr. Calroy but he represented Ben Thompson and wrote a book on Ben Thompson. But they tell the story about Major Buck Walton representing Mr. Calroy when he was indicted for stealing a cow at one time. And they said that they put Mr. Roy on the witness stand to deny it. And Mr. Roy told Major Buck Walton, he said that when he was asked the question, did you steal this cow? Mr. Calroy said, no, Major, he said, horses is my long suit. Now that may be true, it may not, but it's characteristic. And then beyond the Roy Ranch, on the south side, that's in the two Isaac Perkins survey, you come to what you call either the Peck survey or the Chris Parker survey, but I bought all of that land in there way back in 36 or 40, somewhere along in there, from, uh, I got 50 acres in there where the, there's a cut through the BK Road now that I got it from Ernest Thurman's mother, Mrs. Brush. I don't know how she got title to it, and I can go back into that later. Then I bought 110 acres from the Adam Lawrence heirs. They owned the land right where the old, where the Nike side is on the south side, way up to where the you know, road goes down to Commons Ford. In those days, that uh, road crossings in there, that one road runs south, one run north down to the to the Commons Ford Road, and to where Herbert Allen then lived. He was one of the old families on that end, and they called it Turkey Foot because of the the way the road run. The one went south, it went off down by the T. Patterson and Riley place. It's where Austin Lake Estates is now, and that was. Um, uh, Herbert Allen's place off down there. Then you go on west of there and you'd run into the Teagues. Now old man Teague had three boys. John was the oldest and Tom was the second and Homer was the third. They owned the land on both sides of the road and that's as far west as I'm going to go with this story. And they had a school up there years ago before Ean School was organized and they called it Snuffbox. It was a little old one-room shanty and uh, they put it on the Teague's land right on the road and with the understanding that if it ever didn't uh, uh, ever cease to use it for a school, it would go back to the Teague heirs. And of course, uh, uh, it did. When I was on the school board, we uh, moved, uh, we, we gave the, the building back to Homer Teague, let him move it across the road and to his home, and he used it, and he took the furniture with it. So I, I impugned upon Homer. I told him that since his two little boys, and, and one of them was named uh, Robert E. Lee, and the other was Stonewall Jackson. They was about my son Polk's age, and and they were going to school to Dean's school. Well, Homer let us have the furniture, but he took the building, and we closed out the deal with him. Now, that was the, the group up there, and all of those people make a story. Now, I might mention this. There was one hill just west of the Roy Ranch, and uh, it used to be called the Moore, Moore Place. One of old man Moore's sons was found hung in the tree while they were living there at one time. And one of their sons hung in a tree in the front yard one morning when they woke up. Now that might be a part of the old Patterson Moore survey, but I think it's on the uh, one of the other surveys in there. Then you jump over on the on the north side of the road and start coming back uh, eastly. The the uh, Seven Oaks Ranch, which Otto Wolf owned, was a part of the old Teague place. He traded them out of it, and that's a story within itself.
and then you come down to the Roy Ranch. The Roy Ranch is a begins right where the road goes down to the Fowler Place and down in through there. They own that's the Isaac Perkins survey again, and they own the, all the riverfront. They went over to the river there and went all the way down to what they call Burnt Holler or Devil Holler, which is just uh, sort of south of where St. Stephen's School is now. And they did own the St. Stephen's School site. Of course, when I bought an interest in the Royal Ranch, that St. Stephen's School probably went with it. And uh, that's, I'll tell about that later if we need to. But the Royal Ranch then came on up to where the Royal Ranch house is. That was quite about a half a mile of road frontage along the BK Road. And then they ran, ran in on the road there to the McNamara. Mrs. McNamara had 139 acres of land. She got from her father, Mr. Priest, on the north side of the road. That's the first tract of land that I ever bought. That's where Judge Blackwell lives now and a number of other people. It's where the road goes down to St. Stephen's School and turns in. That's where that began. Now, I bought that land in 1929, and it goes all the way down to where the front's on the north side of the BK Road till you get to the Episcopal Church. There's 139 acres. And when I hired some of these uh, boys, Tom Short and others, to work for me up there, and lay, uh, Bud Tracy and Lade Young and that group, well, they told me about all this state land that was over there north of it. Well, of course, I knew there's nothing over there. I knew there's no houses over there, but I knew there wasn't any state land. And that's when I started to abstract it and find out who owned it to buy the Blackenridge track, all that, and the Chambers and the Brown and all these other surveys. And I was put on to that by Tom Short and some of these other boys. And then, of course, I did represent the Walt boys, who at that time, they lived in Round Rock and run the Lime Kill, and they had inherited what was later called the Davenport Ranch, from their father, Mr. William Walsh, who was a lime man. He came to, over here from Ireland, and he bought a lot of land to make lime out of limestone. And he opened up the lime kill at Round Rock. And he also bought this salad makers, which is later uh, made famous by call, being called the Davenport Range. They owned that. And I represented them in some lawsuits. And they were my dear friend. I hunted on their place. And they offered to sell me that at one time for uh, $10,000. Only I didn't have the $10,000. 200,000 and hadn't been very many improvements placed on it. Then you come on down a little further from the from place that I bought from Mrs. McNamara, and that came almost to where the outer loop goes across now. I didn't quite have that piece of land. But the next land was the Marshall. They owned 200 acres on the north side of the BK Road. And that is pretty well a, a tale of the old timers, except on the west end, on the south side, there was the Riley family lived up there of which Miss Katie, Mrs. Katie Patterson was one of the Riley girls. She had two brothers, John and Tom Riley. Uh, no, no, it was uh, uh, John Riley and H.B., Rush Riley. And they were quite a family, and they, they, they have uh, uh, children living and working around now. And this is Edna Pierce, is Mrs. Katie Patterson, Patterson's daughter. She married Lytton Pierce, and they came into the land down right um, on Rocky River Road, they got about 100 acres of land in there that I got to farm for by limitation. And I will tell that story a little later. I'm going to pick out some of the other things that I think made for progress. But along about 1941, it, the, the community began busting out, it seems, and we needed to put a road in from BK Road northward toward the uh, Lake Austin Inn and what is now known as West Lake Drive. And uh, the people, the only ones that had title that we could buy from, went back to the beginning of the Wilkinson Park Survey. That was a part of the old Gano Ranch that we saw talking about, the Stark Washington Ranch. And the people that owned that land had good title, and they could give 
a right away back to just about when you leave West Lake Drive and go north to where you make your first bend down there. Well, the title from there on was no good. And I had abstracted all of that land, and I found out that Mrs. Ann Pierce lived on what she was claiming, 10 acres. She had a deed of 10 acres of land, but there were some people uh, originally came from Indiana, lived somewhere up there, named McCartney. They had the record title about 110 acres. That's uh, the land that lies uh, where West Lake Drive is now on the west and where Rocky River Road runs down through it uh, on the, the middle and east. And uh, we were stymied about where to put a road. My brother was county commissioner then, and he couldn't put a road through somebody else's land. So we, I went and talked to Mrs. Pierce, Mrs. Ann Pierce. That's when Litton and Clarence and Charlie Reese, Charlie Reese was a child by her first marriage. She had married a fellow, Mrs. Mrs. Ann had married a fellow named Reese first, and she had one or two children, and then she married Mr. Pierce, and Litton and, and uh, Clarence and were the other two children for that, and maybe a, a daughter. But anyway, the old lady couldn't read and write, but she was just a wonderful, fine woman. And uh, I asked her if she, if it would hurt her conscience too badly to, to claim the 110 acres so that I could file suit by limitation let them have that. If they would give the county the right-of-way then as a part of my fee and uh, let me have whatever land lay on the west side of the road the county's going to build. Well, they agreed to that. We couldn't find any of the heirs. The people had quit paying taxes on the land for years and years before that. And so we brought a suit and we cleared the title to it. And the county got the right-of-way to West Lake Drive free. And I got the 15 acres, more or less, is on the west side of the West Lake Drive there next to the to the chamber survey that I already owned, and I sold that to Paul Barnhart and to Mr. Horace Barnhart. Now that was that lawsuit, and Rocky River Road was really what they called it. It was the only way to go from the BK Road originally down to the dam where the best fishing in Texas was at that time, and it was a Rocky River Road. Daddy's dreams are in the hills. Daddy's dreams are in the hills.